Get inspired. Remember who you are. Welcome to the Spiritual Collection Podcast. In 2010, when I was 21 years old, I was enrolled in a humanities class in college in pursuit of my business degree. On the first day of class, our humanities professor asked us, what is the one thing that separates humans from animals? Students offered a variety of answers, but it seemed like every answer we offered, the professor had a very good explanation explaining how we actually shared these things in common. For example, a student yelled out, transportation, and the professor replied, ants have transportation methods, systems, and routines. What about love? Well, animals clearly show love to one another and humans. What about parenting? Well, of course, animals have families and sometimes both maternal and paternal roles. How about social groups? Well, animals have tribes, clans, and communities. How about communication? Well, nearly every animal on the planet has some form of communication, whether it be through sonic waves, vocals, vibrations, or even body language. And after quite some time, we had nearly given up because every answer we offered was actually something we did have in common with animals. So there weren't that many differences. And despite how clever we thought our answers were, it became even more apparent that we had so much more in common with animals than we ever thought. Often, we view humans as the supreme race, smarter, stronger, more intelligent, and it turned out we had way more in common with animals than we thought we had different. With a cheeky smile, the professor asked us if we were finally ready to know what is the only thing that makes us different between animals and humans. After a moment of silence, he said one word, art. Art is the only difference between humans and animals. Although he did recognize that elephants had recently begun learning to paint with brushes and colors, he described to us that the only difference we really had from animals was our love and appreciation for art. As humans, we congregate and we view art. We go to museums, we watch documentaries, we create art ourselves, and we watch others create art in the form of music, dance, spoken word, and so much more. This is the only difference between humans and animals, as our professor described. Isn't it interesting to think critically about what truly separates us and unites us on this planet? While we see so many differences, we truly have more in common than we think. For this particular humanities class, our final project was to prepare a presentation on something that related to the humanities. The professor gave us a list of acceptable topics and we were able to select what our final presentation was about. 
While I reviewed the list of topics available, I became pretty unimpressed with how much the topics were so focused on history, which I actually think is pretty boring. And knowing my love for spirituality, I hunted for a topic where I could tie in my passion with this task that needed to be done. On the list was comparative religion, and I knew I could make that into something really special, and I could describe my love for the beautiful similarities that run between the world's major religions. Often, when we think about the word comparative or compare, we think in terms of best versus worst. Just like with the animal versus human example, we were stumped because nearly every answer we gave to the professor was shot down because we viewed humans as superior beings when really we aren't that much different for animals after all. It's kind of like how we think we are always right, don't we? Don't we always think that we're right? While a common definition of compare means to examine differences, it actually comes from the word comparin, which means to place together, to match. And the word compare meaning alike, matching. I intended to use this assignment as a sneaky way to bring us together more and show us the similarities between some of our world's most divisive conversations surrounding religion. Religion is such a touchy subject because it deals with our identity. Over the years of me personally working with thousands of individuals, I have discovered that the most sensitive topics are the topics that are the most closely related to our identities, the topics who we think define who we are. As I selected my assignment, I decided that I was going to do a piece noting the similarities between Christianity and Islam. It was 2010, and we were less than 10 years away from the tragic event of 9-11. The religious tensions between many Christians and Islamic followers were still incredibly thick. Muslim women were still judged by their hijabs, and men wearing turbans were also judged solely on the meaning that their outward appearance meant to many Christian Americans. And even though 9-11 was an incredibly sad and tragic occurrence, it was not a blanket statement surrounding Islam as many Americans took that. In fact, I believe so many years later, we now know more about unity and love more than ever. So I thought, what could be better than bringing people together over our differences? What could be more beautiful than acknowledging how much we're similar versus how different we thought we were? Well, this launched me into a journey of self-discovery and learning about our world. And it saddens me so much I can't find the original presentation I wrote all those years ago because I remember how that presentation and that essay and that video that I recorded, this really shaped me as a student and later a teacher. But most of all, it shaped me as a human being. Today, I will be sharing some of the transformative moments that I went through 
as I attempted to bring people together and unite them over our similarities. And through this lesson, I want you to find the moments that remind you of who you are and how you too can unite people over our similarities because the true meaning of comparative, compare, is matching and similarities. So let's start with some basic facts because I want every listener today to follow along and all of us to have the same basic foundation of education. Islam is the world's second most popular religion right behind Christianity. Islamic followers are called Muslims. The word Islam means submission to the will of God. Followers of Islam's remember, are called Muslims. And Muslims are monotheistic and worship one all-knowing God, who in Arabic is known as Allah. And just as most often times we recognize differences by what we see first, let's share some facts about that, especially about physical appearance. The cloth that you see Muslim women wearing are called hijabs, And there are so many reasons why some women in the Islamic faith choose to wear them. It's not a symbol of oppression, and most women have their own unique reasons for wearing them. And I know this because I've asked them. Most often, hijabs represent modesty, privacy, and morality. Let's talk about the men. The men that wear turbans, and not all of them do, but some of them do, It's also not required, and it's not a form of oppression. There are many unique reasons why a man might wear a turban, and some men wear them because it seeks to remind people of God. Despite the visual differences between how Muslims may appear to look, Islam is actually projected to be one of the world's fastest-growing religions. Since my assignment focused on Islam, my brain began to notice so much more around me. Back in 2010, when I was 21 years old, I was young, I was excited to learn, and most of all, I was brave enough to approach people and ask them questions. My enthusiasm for uniting people through an assignment was welcomed, and I made new friends and memories from this entire experience. While walking down the halls of campus one day, I saw a woman who was wearing a full hijab that covered her face, her hair, and her entire body. I smiled as I approached her, and I told her I would love to ask her some questions because I was working on assignment to bring people together and show how the world's two most popular religions— actually had so much more common than different. And she was so receptive. She told me she would be more than happy to speak with me. And the next day, I again saw her in the hallway. And that day, she had something special for me. She reached into her book bag and she pulled out a copy of the Quran. And she said that that was her gift to me. And as you may know, the Quran is their holy text. So the Bible is to Christianity as the Quran is to Islam. I thought that this was so special and so thoughtful that she brought me this. Here I was, this eager but very polite student. And the following day, she brings me a gift to share more of her, to share more of her religion. 
I went to hug her in gratitude and she pulled away and she told me she could not touch men. And I said, okay, well, thank you so much for telling me. How about a high five? And she shook her head and she said, no, I can't do a high five either. And we both chuckled in this moment because it was innocent. And I was so grateful that I was learning. In fact, we were both learning about each other. I continued to meet my Muslim friend in the hallways and discuss my project with her. And she continued to lend an ear, share, and she asked questions as well. We did what I wish more humans did. We simply shared and learned more about one another. Then, as divine luck would have it, I made another Muslim friend in a separate class. And she must have seen this white American guy walking around with a Quran, or maybe it came up in conversation. I actually don't remember. But once I discovered that she too followed Islam, I again told her about my project and asked her if I could ask her questions. And just like my other Muslim friend, she agreed and she so happily shared. I told her about my friend in the hallway and I told her how touched I was that she gifted me a copy of the Quran and how special that was to me. I then remember that my new Muslim classmate, she described to me and taught me that Muslims kept a promise that anytime anybody expressed interest in Islam, they were to invite share, and give them Islamic resources to help those who may be interested in the religion. I thought it was beautiful that my friend in the hallway was keeping her commitment as she openly shared, and I was then excited about my new friend, the one that was my classmate, who was also keeping her commitment to her faith by openly sharing with me. The first question I asked my new friend, my classmate, was I noticed that she did not wear a hijab. So I asked her, why is that? And I will always remember what she described to me. Because this moment was such a sad moment for me to learn about my new friend, my classmate. She described to me that she would actually love to wear a hijab, to show her faith, to show her demonstration of what she believed. But as a young student, her parents were terrified that she would be discriminated against. So they told her when she reached an older age, she could make her own decisions. And my classmate, she was likely around my own age, somewhere around 21 years old, but her parents still did not want her to wear a hijab so she wouldn't be bullied, so she wouldn't be discriminated against, and so she wouldn't be passed over for opportunities. In that moment, I shared that sadness with her because I could feel the pain of her really wanting to wear her hijab, but our political environment was not a good one for her. The following day, I saw my new friend, the classmate in class again, and she said she had brought me something. Another gift? I asked myself. Here I was investing in others to share, to learn, and most of all, to help unite. And here they were. They kept bringing me gifts. That day, she unveiled a very special gift. One I still keep to this day. Actually, both of the Korans I still keep on my bookshelf. On that day, she unveiled a very special, unique gift. It was a miniature Koran. It was about the size of a half dollar. 
I thought it was so cute and it was so special she was giving this to me. She already knew I had a Quran and certainly my large Quran was a lot easier to read. But this miniature Quran, it was more of a token. So often I look back on that moment. Both of my new Muslim friends, the one in the hallway and the one in the classmate with me, brought me gifts to share themselves and their faith with me. Both had a commitment to their faith to do so. Though my classmate bringing me this miniature Quran, it was like she was sharing a keepsake with me. It was like she was building a memory. This miniature Quran was not necessarily just for functionality because it was also in Arabic, so I would not be able to read it. But it was also to share something joyful. I often look back at that memory and I smile because I was so enamored with my cute Quran and I was so grateful for that moment. And I remain grateful for both of my friends, the one in the hallway and the one that was my classmate. As I prepared for my presentation in my humanities class, I had done my research. Not only had I read information, analyzed similarities and differences through the religious texts, but I had done my own real-world research. I had gone out, introduced myself, met people of the faith, and asked questions and shared with them. I personally also read the Quran myself. And most of all, I had done the scary thing that some people are so afraid to do. Ask questions and be vulnerable. Be willing to share and be willing to learn. And just like when I tried to give my friend in the hallway a high five, in that moment, I was wrong because she could not touch men and I had no way of knowing and I wouldn't have known unless I had tried to, in fact, give her a high five. And it's okay to be wrong. And it's okay when someone sets a boundary of saying, oh, I actually can't do that. And it's okay to say, okay, cool, no worries. So in true form, my presentation was about pushing the envelope as I focused less on history, which I found very boring, and less on the comparison part, and focused more on the similarities between these beautiful religions that many people did think were opposing, but they weren't. I personally compared the Quran versus the Bible because I read them both. And I shared with my fellow students that several of our big name characters in Christianity, such as Noah, Moses, Muhammad, and Jesus, they were both in each of their religious texts. I then focused on art. And if art was truly the one thing that separated us from humans and animals, how could Christian and Muslim art be similar? And the greatest similarities between Islamic and Christian art can be found in architecture. Both traditions are heavily influenced by classical architecture and use light as an important element to symbolize divinity. As well, both Muslim and Christian art have similar four plans in some cases. I also illustrated to my fellow students that the beautiful doves that they have seen so often in Christian art for hundreds of thousands of years were also present in Muslim art. And here's what's really amazing. 
Despite the political division between these two religions at that time, and I do recognize we're getting better in present time, despite all of the discourse, these two religions have a phenomenal amount in common. Both Christianity and Islam recognize only one God. Both religions recognize Jesus as a prophet. Both religions recognize angels as divine messengers. And in the end, both religions believe that in the final days, there would be a bodily resurrection. And both religions believe that in the end, Jesus would return from heaven. So regardless of your ideologies and how literal or metaphorical you may take these religious texts, I want to ask of you now to zoom out, and I want you to examine your life and your beliefs. Are there situations, people, or concepts that you reject just because they look different? And are there situations and people and concepts that you assume are so different, kind of like how humans and animals are quote-unquote so different? Are there situations, people, and concepts that could provide you with wonderful gifts and memories if you were just willing and if you were just brave to be vulnerable and to learn something new? In a world where we are consistently called this or that, good or bad, Republican or Democrat, could we use our own eagerness to learn and unite to form new friendships, learn new lessons, and create new memories? Today, I want to inspire you to be brave, eager, and enthusiastic. While being polite and very considerate, I want you to introduce yourself to someone new and invest in them. Don't be interesting be interested, be interested in their path. And while they'll likely share the same courtesy to you, I really want you to come from their vantage point to continue to learn about their path and their journey. Seek to understand them rather than being understood. Seek to find the similarities. Is there someone on your social media that has different political beliefs? I know we've all seen it. (laughs) Do you have a family member that maybe you've just never gotten along with? Or do you have a coworker who tends to be difficult and they have different passions than you? Here is the message. Today, right now, reach out to them. Ask them questions. Ask them to educate you on whatever looks so different in your perspectives. What gifts could you be given if you did this? What gifts could you be given if you united with that social media fan? What gifts could you be given if you connected with that family member you've just never gotten along with? And what gifts could you be given if you found similarities with that difficult coworker? What gifts could you be given to see how similar you are to those around you? And what special memories could you create and one day share with others? 
Just as I get to share this beautiful experience in my life and the humor of the tiny Quran in Arabic and the humor of trying to hug and high five a Muslim woman, these are the moments of innocence in our life where we learn and we're vulnerable and we're authentic. And that's what unites us because it is the moments of our humanity truly that we remember we are more alike than we think. And in the end, while I'm so sad I don't have that original presentation I created over a decade ago, because it would be fascinating to read all the special things that I wrote, what really matters is that beautiful memory of unity, that beautiful memory of connection, the beautiful memory of humor. And today, I can still educate my fellow classmates, as we are all classmates on this planet. And we may have different educational tracks, and maybe we have different educational majors on this planet. But one thing is for certain. We are all learning together on this planet that we all call home. And still to this day, every time I meet a Muslim, I tell them that I've personally studied Islam. I've personally read the Quran. And Islam is very, very beautiful to me. And here's what's neat. Every single time I've said that to a new Muslim friend, my new friend will look surprised and they always say thank you because I see them. And after all, what is the only thing that makes us different. Today, as you go about your day, find more similarities with those around you, find more common ground, create new memories, invest in them. Whether it's the car that cuts you off or the coworker you never enjoy or the family member that's always difficult or the social media fan that's always too vocal. Today, ask yourself, how are we actually similar? And what is the only thing that makes us different? Thank you for listening to the podcast of The Spiritual Collection today. If you enjoyed our podcast, we ask that you leave a review anywhere where you've been listening to your podcast today, especially Apple or Google Podcasts. That would help our podcast reach more people. Thank you for your support.